Thank you for joining us. Remember, you can watch our services live and view our archive at StevensCreekChurch.com, the Stevens Creek app, or on our Roku channel. And if our ministries have touched your life, we'd love to hear about it. Send us an email to mystory@stevenscreekchurch.com. We hope today's message encourages and inspires you. Enjoy the message. Well, good morning, everybody. It is so great to see you on this beautiful Memorial Day weekend. It seems perfect perfectly timed to kick off summer. I don't know if there are any other parents in the room, but you may be just as ready for summer as I am. Some of you have seen me up here before. I've been up here a time or two, but never in this capacity. So I wanted to take an opportunity to introduce myself formally, okay? So my name is Sarah. I am a pastor on staff here at The Creek. I get to focus on a couple of... um, fun areas. I'm over finances and operations (laughs) and family ministries. So yes, I do have my hands full. I get to brush shoulders with all of the ministry leaders here at the Creek. And let me tell you, we are blessed with an incredible team. I love serving with them. And you just need to rest assured that you are in good hands here at the Creek. I'm actually a product of Creek Kids and Student Ministries. I was raised here in this ministry, if you didn't know. I happen to have a dad who's also closely connected to this ministry, and that's Pastor Marty. So I've been here among the longest of most of you, and I wear that with honor and pride. This this congregation, this church, has shaped so many aspects of my life most importantly, my faith. So I just wanna say thank you guys for loving our family all of these years that we've been here in Augusta. So I actually met my husband, Drew, here at the Creek. He's here today and I have three rowdy boys with him. We have Summit, who's almost seven, Forrest, who is five, and Shepherd, who is two, We do not have many dull moments in the Landrum household, safe to say, but we have so much fun. I actually want to start with something funny. (laughs) But let me tell you, Dad, that was for you. I don't have a good joke, so I'm just going to start with a story about my husband, Drew, that I actually find quite funny. So Drew and I met about 10 years ago, actually in small groups. So there's my shameless plug for small groups. We met in small group. Um, We looked for any opportunity to spend time together, to flirt. You know, we created a couple missions projects for our group to work on, and we needed to shop for the supplies for those groups. All of those things, we had a great time in small group. And so he finally worked up the nerve to ask me out on a date. He worked up the courage and he knew that approaching his preacher's daughter was unique territory, okay? So he approached this with a very thought out and thorough plan. We were actually in January, entering into 21 days of prayer And he knew that my dad prioritized this prayer season so much. He knew that that meant that Pastor Marty was gonna be here on the property every morning, the first one in the door, the first one on the property prepared to pray. 
So what did that mean to Drew Landrum? It meant that he was actually going to be the first one on the property. It became a 21-day challenge for Drew to beat my dad here. So let me just paint this picture. 21 days of prayer, we opened the church at 6 a.m. So for that, for Drew to beat my dad, that meant he needed to arrive here around 5.45 a.m., okay? This place is dark and it is quiet when you arrive and you're the first ones here. So he'd arrive, I'm sure, I, I was never there for this, but I'm picturing them to like, you know, arrive in the parking lot where they're kind of the same time in the parking lot, but there's clearly a winner, and they probably looked at each other and gave each other a nod, because remember, we weren't dating at this point. We hadn't even gone on a first date. Um, then you enter in, and there's somebody here to unlock the doors. There's someone here to turn on the music, right? But it takes a minute. Like, this is a big building. And so I can imagine they rushed in here, and what I'm picturing, now again, I was never here for this, but what I'm picturing is you had a dimly lit auditorium that was quiet because the music's not on yet because it's 5.45 a.m. and they're 15 minutes early to prayer. And I'm picturing a tired Pastor Marty sitting like on the front row right here. And I'm also picturing a very eager Drew Landrum right here on the front row looking over at Pastor Marty in his sightline. I may be wrong, they may be been a little bit more distance, but I have a feeling they were pretty close up front for prayer, 5.45 a.m. for 21 days. 21 days in a row, Drew Landrum beat Pastor Marty to this church. So let me just tell you, good work, honey, because I don't think my dad, he did not need anything else. That display of courage and discipline for Drew to continue to show up and be the lead pastor to prayer is all that he needed to know. So fast forward actually to Memorial Day weekend and um, we went on vacation with my family at the beach and Drew actually on that trip asked my dad, he worked up the courage again to ask my dad for my hand in marriage. Of course, dad had no reason to say no, we just had to pull out the football schedule in the fall and pick an open Sunday or Saturday, and we did, and all the rest is history. We've now been married almost 10 years, and it's been wonderful, but you know, I thank you. <laughs> you know, when I think about Drew and I think about his courage to keep to keep just pressing in with my dad and making that connection, I actually think of our story today, of our scripture today. We are talking about Joshua in the book of Joshua, and our series is called The Joshua Generation. And so from this scripture, we are going to take leadership principles from Joshua's life, and we're gonna see how we can grow and learn from that. So actually, this chapter starts out essentially with Joshua taking over for Moses. Moses to this point had been in leadership and he had led the Israelites out of slavery and they were working towards going to the promised land that was promised to them. They wandered in the desert for 40 years. Many of you, I'm sure, know this Bible story that they wandered in the desert. They, had, they were covered. Their provisions were covered. They had manna 
each day to eat. They had water from the rock. They were taken care of. But you know, there were still some, some things about this group of people that caused them to not experience the promised land. They still had some doubts and some, some attitudes where they just never fully arrived. They got so close to the promised land. They got to the edge of the promised land and camped out. They knew that in that land, there was so much overflow of what would, what would um, serve them. There was, it was the land of milk and honey, right? They had heard about these grapes, that like the bunches of grapes were just so big that it would take two people to carry them. They knew that this existed, yet they never quite made it past the border. They never quite made it to the promised land. They actually died before seeing it. And so God raised up a young man, Joshua, to lead this new generation, the children of the first group that had died. They had a different mindset. They were not going to wander. They were gonna stay focused and they were not going to waste another 40 years. They were prepared to take new ground. Their parents, they only made it to the border and they just saw the grapes, but this this team, this group of people that Joshua was leading, they were going to taste the grapes. They didn't just hear about the land of milk and honey, but they were going to experience it. Their parents dreamed about the peace and abundance and Joshua's generation experienced it. So all of us, we've had dreams in our lives, we've had goals, we've had things that we thought would play out in our lives and we are met with either resistance or negativity or doubt from those around us. Maybe those negative voices have pushed you because of the failures of others around you. Maybe you think you're going to start a business, but you see and hear negativity from those around you who have failed. Or maybe you think that you're gonna be able to break an addiction, but you come from a line of people who have not been able to do that. They couldn't do it, and neither will you, as what you've heard. And maybe that would be the case if you were with Moses Group. But today we are talking about the Joshua generation and we are part of that Joshua generation. And that is because we have the Holy Spirit working with us, which gives us power and it's gonna go on our behalf. You're not going to just dream the dream, you're going to live your dream. In Jesus' name, you are gonna go where no one in your family has gone. They may have believed for it and stood in faith and it did not happen in their lifetime. They laid the foundation, but you are going to be the one to see it be fulfilled. So we're gonna pick up the scripture in Joshua chapter one, and I'm gonna read verses one through nine today. So if you wanna open your Bibles, we're in Joshua chapter one. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all of these people get ready to cross the Jordan into the land that I am about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place that you set your foot, as I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon, to the great river, the Euphrates, and the Hittite country, the great sea on the west. No one 
will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let the book of the law depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. This section begins with God telling Joshua to get ready. Get ready to lead the children of Israel into a new land and a new season of life. The days of wandering are over. Now it is time to leave the past behind and embrace your new journey. As we go through this story, I really want you to understand that this is not just a history lesson, but this is your story. This is my story. I believe this is a story that the Lord wants to speak to you through. Maybe you've been wandering aimlessly, looking for love or, or meaning or purpose. Maybe, maybe this is your opportunity and God is calling you to a new place. Maybe God is calling you to take new ground a new land that you've never been before. He wants you to step out and follow his direction. There is a land, a promised land, waiting ahead of you, and God has given you promises for a better future, a better life that you've been patiently waiting for. But here's the thing. This journey, it's going to require courage, which we see modeled by Joshua. And so that leaves the question of what is courage? Courage is when you're doing something that you fear the most. If we're not afraid, then we really don't need courage, do we? Courage is when you're scared to death. Maybe scared to death, but say, you know, I'm going to do it anyway. What we see here is that courage is a choice. It's not a feeling. Courage is when you do the thing when you're afraid, you have to push forward and move past your fears. Sometimes you have to ignore all of the insecurities that you are feeling and say, you know what, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go for it. But here's the good news, you do not have to do this alone. God's going to be with you and his Holy Spirit is going to be with you and go with you. I believe that every one of us can grow in faith and in courage by embracing four principles from the life of Joshua. So our first principle is, courage is not the absence of fear, but it is the presence of faith. When I think about Joshua, I imagine that following a leader like Moses came with a lot of maybe intimidation and uncertainty. I mean, can you imagine? We know all that Moses had accomplished. He had led them out of slavery. And now Joshua's stepping in in what feels like really big shoes to fill. But we see over and over in the scripture that he's reminded, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous. 
that scripture being repeated like that tells me that Joshua needed the reminder. He was human. He's just like us. He understood that this was a very big calling in his life, and he needed to be told, be strong and courageous. Keep going. Keep the faith. Grow your faith. Do not be afraid. You know, you can be walking in the center of God's will and still, and still have fear and still be afraid. Courage doesn't mean that you're not going to experience fear. You know, I remember when Drew and I, when we decided to have kids and we were pregnant with Summit, our first son, and all of the uncertainty that comes with entering into that new territory of never having been a parent and knowing we were bringing a child into a very scary world. This week, our nation has grieved the loss of innocent children in the school shooting in Texas. It's a, it was pure evil, and it reminds us that we are living and fighting in a spiritual battle. And honestly, until we recognize that we're in a spiritual battle, we're gonna continue to be surprised and taken off guard when evil comes our way. But what we realize is the enemy is Satan, right, and the devil, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And we've seen that play out. So many of you may be wondering, well, how do we respond? What do we do next? How do we respond? And you know, I think the answer is simple, we hurt. We hurt for the, for the 19 children and the two adults that, that died. We hurt when we hear of the people who ran for their lives and took cover. We hurt when we see the moms and dads, the images of them looking for their children and trying to find their family. One of the most interesting responses I've seen this week has been a call to prayer. I don't know, maybe you've noticed over and over there's a hashtag, pray for Uvalde. Today, churches all over the world are united in prayer. Prayer for peace. Prayer is the one way that we can connect with God's power, and God's power is the only way that we can find true peace. Prayer takes you beyond the limits. It steps over the boundaries, and it surpasses any limiting factors. It causes you to rise above the hindrances that may be in your way, and it helps you to control or to cope with the uncontrollable. Because when you pray, you're connecting with an all-powerful God, an almighty God. In prayer, we are reminded that God is with us. So I'm gonna pick back up the scripture, Joshua 1, verse five. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. God will be with you in the midst of the challenges, in, midst, in the midst of the moments that you may be feeling insecure or having doubts, and maybe it seems like everything is out of control, we know that God will be with you. So that takes me to our second point today, and that is that courage is a daily choice to do things God's way. 
If we look at the scripture, verse seven and eight, be strong and courageous, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I don't know if you're like me, but I'm listening to this thinking, okay, Joshua's being told what to do. It's being laid out for him. He's been given instruction, and then he's getting assurance that you are gonna be successful. It's gonna be great if you just do this. I hear that, and I think, sign me up. If only it were that simple. I just want that roadmap laid out. Just tell me exactly where to go, what to do. I am ready. I will trust you. All of those things, that sounds perfect. But the thing is, he's kind of done that, right? That's, that's what we have here in our hands, the word of God. Let's see, what does it say? Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Keep the Bible on your lips. Meditate on the Bible day and night. We all need God's word to guide us. You know, this is like an owner's manual for life. And I believe that what is written in here is actually gonna be the only thing by, by, by meditating on it, by reading it, by memorizing it. That's the thing that's gonna draw us closer to him and grow us in our courage and give us clarity on where we should be going. The more you read it and study it and memorize it, the more successful, the more fulfilled, the stronger you're gonna be in life. I believe that this Bible, it's alive and God wants to use his word to speak to us today. And so when Joshua was given the dream of taking over the promised land, it was a goal that he thought he was gonna be pursuing for the rest of his life, and God had these words for him. Verse eight, keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. I'm reading this scripture again because we have so many people who maybe you own your own business or maybe you're in a leadership role or goodness, the rest of us who are just working through every day trying to be a light for Christ. This is the scripture that you need to commit to memory. This is so important to keep the book of the law in your heart and to, and to truly live it and breathe it and meditate on it day and night. If you're gonna have courage in life, if you're gonna be a man of courage, if you're gonna be a woman of courage, you need to build your life on the rock that just never changes and that we have confidence in that. If you build your life on something other than that, if you build your life on on what you think the world needs from you or the, the world's opinions of you, then you're frequently gonna have the ground pulled out from underneath you. And when that happens, you're not gonna have stability and you're not gonna have courage. James 1.22 says, do not deceive yourselves. Don't merely listen to the word and so deceives yourselves. Do what it says. 
this reminder is that we can't only read the word, right? We have to activate it. We have to, we have to live it. And so sometimes you may find yourself overwhelmed. Maybe you're in a situation where the outcome just seems really hard to see and understand. Well, this reminds us that we just need to take the right next step. We just need to do the next thing in the best way that we can honor God. I think it's important that we're familiar with what our weaknesses are and we need to work on them and strengthen them because you know what? He actually desires a growing relationship with you. God's never gonna force himself on you. He's never gonna force his word on you, but he's gonna gladly be accepting whenever you are responding to him. When we are daily making the choice to do things God's way, he in turn helps us to live in peace. So here's the next point. Courage grows when we rest in his promises. So this point I feel very connected to in this season of life that I'm in. We, my husband and I, we both work full time. We have three boys. Oftentimes they're at three different schools during the day. They're always needing groceries and laundry done. There's always something on the schedule. And then at the end of the day, we still have to be a fun parent. The busyness of life can become such a distraction for me personally to have that personal alone time with God that easily gets put on the back burner. And I feel like that temptation leads me to living my life and doing things out of my own strength. But I'm here to tell you right now that that is exhausting. It is exhausting. Even though I, I rest and sleep at night, I still find myself tired. I heard, I've caught myself just this past week saying, you know, I haven't felt rested since April, since before Easter. And when I think about that, I think, okay, I've been going to bed at night. I've been doing all the things. But you know, my soul is longing for a different kind of rest, resting in him This is a good reminder, this is our story. Joshua's story today is our story. The scripture kept reminding Joshua, I am with you, be strong and courageous. You are not alone, just follow my instructions. So here are some promises that we know that we find in scripture. I can rest in the busy seasons of life because I know what God has promised me through his word. God's promises are yes and amen. God's timing is perfect and his words will come to pass. I know that he gives me strength when I'm weary and no weapon formed against me will prosper. If God is for me, then who can be against me? He promised me that. God promises me to give me a hope and a future and that God works for the good of those who love him. Even when my calendar overwhelms me, nothing is impossible for God. I can rest in his promises. Those, those promises are for you too. Because of our confidence found in his promises, we know that God has a plan and a purpose. 
Jeremiah 29, 11, I'm sure many of you have that committed to memory, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. This brings me to our last point today. Courage is displayed by following God wherever he leads. In verses 10 through 15, Joshua is calling his people to action. God has already given him this land, but now they have to act to possess it. They have to take that next step so that they can, can claim it. God calls us to action. Our faith can't just be a system of beliefs. We've got to let it change our lives. Our faith always prompts us to action which helps us fully to possess the gifts that God has for us. My husband and I, we've recently gone through a season that has developed our courage. So November 1st, 2019, we welcomed our third son, Shepherd, to our family. He came after a night full of trick-or-treating in our neighborhood, so he was a little early. Um, I guess all the walking just paid off. He arrived, and it was a great delivery. He's a perfect baby. I mean, just perfect. We loved watching our two older boys just dote on him and give him anything he wanted and love him and all of the things. Shepard just brought us so much joy. Well, it wasn't long after he was born, probably in the first two months, that we realized he had just trouble breathing. We noticed it most at nighttime because his sleep was just so interrupted. I remember a video I took of him on Christmas Eve morning, and it just, like, you would just watch him catch his breath, and I'd catch my breath watching him, waiting for him to start breathing again. So we, we recognized it. We knew something was up, and we mentioned it to our pediatrician, who didn't have a ton of concern. Eventually, he set us up with an ENT. We met with an ENT, and the ENT essentially said, okay, you're on to something. There's something wrong with the airways, but I really, I can't help you. There's not much I can see, and there's not much I can do at this point. So um, he referred us to someone who specializes a little bit more in that. We went to that appointment, and a little bit of the same response is what we got. He, he just understood that the airways were blocked, but didn't understand what in the world was causing that. So we agreed to do, um, for a shepherd to get some tubes in his ears. We hoped that by relieving some, some sinus pressure, to, that that would open up the airways, and maybe at the same time, during that surgery, we could explore his airways. So we did that. Um, We just so happened to be in the COVID timing of things and everything shutting down and doctor's appointments were a lot harder to come by, especially if it wasn't an emergency. So it ended up being May before we had that surgery. And so in that surgery, they came to us afterwards and basically said, here's what we know. He's got about 80% blockage in both of his nostrils. And so you're right, he's not breathing well. But we really have no idea what's going on. So we just have to keep monitoring it and and stick with what we're doing. And so Drew and I, I mean, we 
obviously noticed great results from getting tubes in his ears. He had relief, but his breathing was still labored and we felt like this was a closed door at the end of this really tough path that we'd already been walking on. So it just felt very frustrating. But honestly, like when I think back to that time and I remember what we were going through as a family, I don't remember us like getting discouraged. It's like we just, we just had so much faith and confidence that, that Christ was in control and that shepherd was his and we were just here to help do whatever God told us, to take the next step that God told us to do. So fast forward a couple weeks, I, I guess, and I was changing shepherd's diaper and while he was laid back, I noticed that he had teeth on, his, on the top of his mouth and um, many of you are surprised and looking at me like, well, yeah, babies get teeth. Well, this was different because they, I hadn't seen them before. I hadn't noticed them. And I hadn't noticed them because they were so far back in his mouth. I just didn't realize they had come in. And in that moment, I mean, I'm certain the enemy just wanted to rattle me. This was not right. Um, I told Drew and he just calmly said, you know what? we have a friend, we have a friend that's a pediatric dentist, let's talk to him. Let's start there, let's take our next step that we know God wants us to take. So I sent this friend a message, um, probably on Facebook, I don't even think we were, had phone numbers, I sent him a message and he called us that night and talked, talked to us, talked us through what we were working, what we were working with with Shepard. Um, he essentially said, yeah, I've been noticing pictures of Shepard. He's got his tongue hanging out all the time, so I'm not surprised. I'm actually very familiar with several syndromes that come with these mid-face deformities. And again, we hadn't been paying attention to anything else other than his airways. We knew his airways were obstructed, but we hadn't been thinking about any other issues that Shepard was dealing with. And so to hear mid-face deformities and syndromes, I mean, this was shocking to us. But here we were, and it's like God cared about even the smallest details. He used this trusted, gentle friend to walk us through some really heavy details in such a protected environment and a protected way. He just led us to understand that this health journey that we were on was about to get a lot bigger. But in that, in that safe space, it was clear that God knew that. God already knew where we were going with Shepherd. So this friend of ours, he actually recommended us to a specialist here in town, a craniofacial specialist. So we hadn't even like used that term yet. Now we're experts actually. So Labor Day weekend rolled around and we met with this craniofacial expert and within minutes of us being in the room, he looked at us and said, we're looking at Cruzon syndrome. And my emotions, I mean, I was so upset, more so than this right now. And he's looking at me like, did I say something? And I'm like, you said something. 
This is the first time we've had direction, that we had a vision, that we knew that we were, that we were going in the right direction. And um, we just had such clarity of, okay, now we can do this. He actually brought us back in the office two days later and we met with the whole team, six different specialties in this area. And we were able to start planning Shepherd's treatment and his future and what we would be dealing with. Through this journey, I mean, we've now had a couple more surgeries and um, several sleep studies. We have one this week, actually, and it's been, it's been one thing after another. But through this, I know that Drew and I, we've always just had the faith and the courage that God is ordering our footsteps. Y'all have pictures of Shepherd up there. Is he not the cutest thing you've ever seen? <laughs> That top picture is this February, and it was the one year from his, his nose job that he got, um, and he's doing great. But I just, I'm just in awe of how the Lord, through that journey, continued to build us up, to build up our faith, to build up our courage, as long as we were willing to take the next step that he was ordering for us, as long as we were willing to listen and let him lead us, he just took care of us. And so that's what I believe Joshua is going through here in the scripture, in this story. And I just want to encourage all of you with that. I don't know what's ahead of you, I don't know what you need the Lord to build courage in your life today for, but today's your day to make a choice to have courage and to ask for it and to grow in it. On your notes today, if you're following along, our final point is today I choose, and that is your fill in the blank to answer. Maybe for many of you, it's gonna be to simply come back next Sunday. Maybe coming to church today took all the courage that you had and you just need the courage and the faith to come back next week. Maybe it's salvation, a moment where you're inviting Christ into your heart. Maybe it's a tough conversation, a conversation that you know you need to have or a relationship that you know needs attention. Maybe it's in your job. Maybe it's in your daily walk with Christ. Today, you need courage to talk to God every single morning and prioritize him above all your other needs. Today, I believe the Lord wants to call faith out of you and call courage out of you. But all you need to do is respond. If you are responding to him, then he's going to be listening and he is ready, but he's not gonna push you. So let this story, let the story of Joshua be your story today. And I wanna encourage you to respond. So as we close today, I wanna, I wanna pray with you. I want you to be thinking about whatever you need to write on that blank. And I want you to be praying as I pray, pray along with me and lifting that up and believing that the Lord wants to give you courage and grow you in that. So let's pray. Dear Jesus, we thank you for these principles of leadership that we've learned today. We thank you for the opportunity to grow and understand your word so that we may apply it to our life and grow in our faith. God, right now today, I just pray that you'd cover this room with your presence. 
I pray that you would build faith in each and every one of us, God, that as we sit here, as we walk away from this message today, that we have clarity, that you have a plan and a purpose in our lives, but we have to be the one that's that's moving forward. We have to be prepared to take a next step. So Father, I pray that you would give us each the courage to take the next step in our faith, whatever that may be looking like, for whatever season of life we are in. Help push us to grow in our relationship with you and help us to have the faith to to tear down these broken relationships, to have these hard conversations, to, to work closer to you in every single area of our life. Now, Father, for those of the people in the room that have not yet accepted you in their lives, I pray that you would meet them right here, God, that you would prompt their hearts and that they would be open and prepared to hear from you. If you are in the room and prepared to have that prayer, you can pray this along with me. God, we invite you into our lives. We acknowledge that you are Lord over everything and we just right now, we surrender. We ask for your forgiveness of our sins and we give you our future. God, we love you so much and it's in your name, amen. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening. If you would like to help support the ministries of Stevens Creek Church, please go to stevenscreekchurch.com and click the give button. See you next time.